The following podcast is brought to you by EasyRollerDice.com and 1D4Con.com. The following podcast may be explicit. It may contain references to and examples of bodily functions. It may also contain infantile humor and profane language. It may also contain some useful information about the tabletop RPG hobby. If you find any of these things offensive, stop listening now. What you should not do is give us a bad review on iTunes because you do not like one of these things. Thank you, and enjoy the show. And he's a laser-printed hero, and if things turn out his way, he'll be stuck with these psychopaths and live to murder another day. His companions are suggesting to hit a bank on their way home. Listening to Happy Jack's RPG Podcast, pursuing the RPG hobby with reckless abandon and beer. Thank you for joining us. Season 16, episode 16. Is that right? 16 or 15? 16 squared. 16? 15. 16, 15 <laughs> of Happy Jugs RPG Podcast. April it's Fools. an excellent year for champagne. My name is Stu. This is Somalier Bill. <laughs> this is Gina. <laughs> this is Sam. And this is Jib. And uh, this episode is sponsored by EasyRollerDice.com and 1D Forecasts, 1D Forecon. Damn, double dipping. Double dipping. In this episode, uh, Mr. CJ, or MRCJ, I'm not sure how to pronounce that, Merkja. doesn't feel like a bard either, so he has some suggestions for role-playing classes. Ed from Minnesota writes about players being good at one thing and the GM blocking it. Istanbuliton, I think that's how that's pronounced. I think so. Writes in about his group switching systems. David sends us a nightmare from paradise. Is it Istanbulitan? <coughs> Istanbulitan. It could be. <laughs> or it could be Istanbulet. Tan. I'm not sure. I'm Ist- going to go with Istanbulitan. I'm not even sure if I spelled it right here. What if it's Istanbul? I tan. It's made up. <laughs> it could be. He could be proud. It might be. I should mention that she, uh, we don't know if that's a guy. If you are in the Southern California area, sometime on or about April sixteenth, we have a free show that you might want to come to. The, the we being the Poxy Boggards. We being the Poxy Boggards. Not a podcast. No, uh, we will be doing a live show at eight p.m. at Callahan's, which is right across the street from the Renaissance Fair Dam site, oh. or the Dam Renaissance Fair site. Either if one, you prefer. Um, and so you can come there. The show is free. I don't know what seating is going to be like. Uh, it's not as big of a venue as we usually do it at. No, but they have great food, and they take dinner reservations, and the and it's really good, because we went there and checked it out. And you sh- probably and should drinks. make dinner reservations if you want to eat. Uh, and we're going to play from like 8 o'clock to about 10 o'clock. So, or so. Depending. Or so. Yeah. Bogfest 2016. That's this right. is probably the twenty. Third Bog Fest? Yeah, it's our 20. 22nd. Well, we started in 94, right? So it's right. our 22nd. Yeah. And we skipped one year. Yeah, so, you know, something, something like that. That's why we use years, because I don't right, remember. Right, because we, yeah, <laughs> it's, and that's a lot of X's and V's. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, if you want to come out, you totally should do that. Callahan's Irish 
Pub and yes. Grill, I think it's Callahan's called. Irish Pub in Azusa, California. In Azusa. Uh, oh, and our friends over at Easy Roller Dice just launched their first Kickstarter. <gasps> yeah. Dude. They took the design they used for their gunmetal serpent's blood dice. I don't know if you remember those. Serpent's blood. <laughs> they were cool. They were. Uh, and they've created several new gunmetal dice sets that they are hoping to launch. But they need your help. So visit EasyRollerDice.com slash Kickstarter to learn more about these fantastic dice and help them make this project a reality. And also get your hands on some really sweet dice and display cases at a great price. Again, EasyRollerDice.com slash Kickstarter. And I checked the site. They've already hit their their target. Yeah. So now it's all bonus, sweet, cool, extra yeah. badass stuff. And and their price, I mean, I went and checked on the price on their regular gunmetal dice that they have on the site, and they're uh, like thirty nine ninety five or something like that. I don't remember exactly, but it's like close to 40 bucks. And it's like 30 bucks if you get them through the Kickstarter. So... You're saving oh, like an extra ten dollars. See, that's cool. Which is pretty fantastic. So yeah, really, what they're what they're saying is, help me, Obi Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. They need they need your help. They need your help. Yes. So go out and help them, and thank them, and thank I thank them for sponsoring the show. They have been a a a a loyal and wonderful sponsor. They roll crits as a sponsor. They do. They roll crits as a sponsor. And they make cool dice too. And they make they see the bucket dice case they have now with the flat bottom that sets up like a, it's a it's a dice bag but it will like it's freestanding. Yes. Did you get one of them? No, I'll give you one. They sent me a couple samples. They're pretty cool. I love those things. Ooh, I'm gonna take it home tonight. Ooh, it's gonna hold my dice just right. Flat bottom <laughs> dice. Flat bottom bags. Flat bottom bag. <laughs> They keep the Dyson world going around. Yeah, they do. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much. And if you like the show and you want to support the show, support the sponsors. Thank you very much. And on to the first email. First, who would like to read this? This is from Mr. CJ or MRCJ. I'll do it. All right. You can do it. I don't feel like a bard either. Maybe I should change my <laughs> underwear from from Merkja. Yeah. <laughs> Wow, that I'm was doing, like a robot fart. I'm doing, I'm doing first. I'm doing soundboard tests. So excuse okay, me. Okay, go ahead. That's that better. Well, ex- yeah, that, there you go. Excellent. You like that one? Yeah, I'm glad we waited for that. Hello, rebel scum. <laughs> Two thoughts about the player who never felt like a bard. One: Some GMs need to make space for player characters to act like themselves. Two. Some players need to create space in the game to act like themselves. Preach it. I can understand the problems of the bard player who never felt like he got to play his character as a bard. I mean, if they're going to be playing in a module, and it sounds like they were, it can really be hard to do it if the setting does not lend itself to playing certain types of characters. So perhaps that takes communication between the GM and the player to figure out how to fit the character into the setting. Once in game... (coughs) I swallowed a bard. Hang on. (laughs) You blew a bard what? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, (coughs) remind me, I have to tell you this, because if I don't tell you this, I'm going to forget to do it. Okay. I have a new idea for Boggard Swag that we have to do. Okay. I'm going to say it on the air. Oh, all right. Just because. committee that way. Okay, this is going to be uh, an expansion set for Cards Against Humanity. Okay. That are Boggardly specific. 
Okay. Oh, called nice. Bards Against Humanity. Nice. So, and Got we can, it. And I found a place that will make the cards the exact size as Cards Against Humanity cards, but we need to come up with the, That's brilliant. Great. I know it's on the, I know it's okay. on the backs of them. Okay. We need to come up with what's on the... That's right. We can do that. Are you going to do the black cards and the white cards? Yeah. Yeah. We'll do some of the... Yeah, we're not racist. Right. Right. The white cards are the question cards and the black cards are the 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 answer answer cards? No. The other way around? Yeah. Other way around. Okay. Yeah. Nice. That would be And we should have at least one of the question cards have three slots, so a bogger can get a threesome. That'd be good. (laughs) (laughs) Once in game, it's easy for a player to turn a character class into a robot. Use robot voice. I am a barbarian. I am done. I am. <laughs> I am a barbarian. A robot barbarian. I am dumb. I only fight things. I am a dwarf. I use an axe. I get drunk. I am a bard. I sing a song. I need to be in town to have fun. As a player guided and constrained by a class given the setting, it's really up to the player to play into that setting and feel like they're playing their character. In a town, they're a bard, but in a dangerous cave. They're a bard. In an orc prison, they're a bard. In a military unit, they are a bard. They are a bard everywhere they go. So as a player, they need to have the creativity to play into that situation, whatever situation they find themselves in. On a side note, both of Bill's characters and Tyler's cleric in the Eldemy game were great examples of both role-playing and role-playing within a character class. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you very much. I don't know if they felt like a paladin and a cleric, but it sure sounded like they did. I, I felt like a paladin. Um, so here is a question, maybe. he's unsure if it's a question I like that have you ever found yourself in a game setting and you realize that your character is way off the mark and if so what did you do PS I'm not going to do a PS fuck PS there you go here here Mr. CJ okay well first of all thank you because I do think that Tyler and I spent a lot of time actually trying to usually on the fly create orcish religion right it was one of the highlights of the game as a listener, it was and one then, of the highlights. And then of the game. stick to it. So that was yeah, awesome. that was good. Um, so thank you because we we definitely tried to do that. Um, but I agree with that. If you're a character class, you're that character yep. class. Whatever situation you're in, whatever you're doing, it, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the character class more than anything else should identify how you approach a problem. You know, so if you're a fighter, you hit it. If you're a bard. You talk at it. You know, I mean, it doesn't mean you can't hit it, but talking at it might well be your go-to. Mm-hmm. You know, it informs how you're going to approach the play. I mean, that's what the point of a class is. And, it, I mean, if you look in our current modern society, cops don't stop being cops when they take the uniform off. Yeah. Right? You're out, right. They're off duty, but they're still police officers. Yeah. Right? Well, and that well, guides some, how they... Some of them. Some, some of them. <laughs> but, but, but if they're not, then that is that is an also an interesting yes. uh, character flaw or disadvantage, right? right? Or something that they're playing into potentially yeah. if you're looking at them as a, a, a PC. But the, the fact that they are a police officer, whether they are a good cop or a bad cop... Off of, God, I hope nobody... Cops are listening. Uh, when they're away oh, from <laughs> to this, yeah. huh. we would have been uh, arrested by now. Yeah, um, when they're at a uniform, still informs how they interact and the decisions they make. So it's the same thing with a character class. Yes, you could be a badass gladiatorial fighter, but when you find yourself in church, it's still going to at least inform if you're comfortable there or not, or where you sit, or do you sit, or how mm-hmm. you respond to things. Yes. Yeah. So. I have a question for specifically for Gina because you play characters more than I do by far. Mm-hmm. How would you uh, approach 
embracing the character class. Well, I, I was just thinking because I can actually answer the question. Um, it, we there was a Pathfinder, uh, I don't know, adventure path, uh, Carrion Crown, uh-huh. which is rather it's like horrorish. Uh, no, I don't want that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't want it. I'm, so, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. Who would make vanilla wheat beer? Yeah, Tyler, that's not good. <sighs> You're right. Tyler, Tyler, cinnamon wrote or chata? What is this? Tyler wrote <laughs> Blue Moon, and he said, "I need some beers specifically designed for my vagina. Make it scrumpy. <laughs> and if you could send them to me, first pe- first peach ale. That it's might, actually that's pretty better. good. That's, that's the al- that's almost the, a beer. That's the yeah. manliest one you've pulled out so far. There, he. Oh, there's he a regular off. Belgian white. I'll have a oh, Belgian. There you go. White. You can do it. You can do it. But uh, okay, Carrion Crown Sorry. Pathfinder. No, it's all good. Um, which is kind of Raven Lofty, right? Horror, a little bit, yeah. And I didn't know that before we started playing the game, and we didn't, and I didn't get the brief uh, from the GM with regard to that. So I created a barbarian uh, who was sort of a Norse woman, shield maiden, barbarian, and then it it's all about ghosts and poltergeists and shit that mm-hmm. I can't deal with because i hit things with my five foot greatsword so i guess the way i embrace that initially it, it's a little disappointing because you know you're not really constructed for that sort of an adventure path but i just you rock the shit out of it mm-hmm. and you play that character and i would you know kind of go berserker and whack around uh at thin air with my greatsword and just be a barbarian <laughs> and i couldn't do the thinky stuff and i wasn't knowledge xyz mm-hmm. but i could smash a safe or and and destroy all the potions um, inside cause. i was playing a cleric in this game and i knew that my friend the barbarian was untrusting of magic so at the beginning of every combat i would pat her on the back and when I did, I'd cast bull strength or something or something else on her. And this went on with you know without her knowing about it, but it gave her more ability. Yeah, and I think you just have to embrace the character you decided to play. And mm-hmm. then as we continued to play the game and, and mechanically level up, she became more knowledgeable and more understanding and more accepting mm-hmm. of supernatural elements so that there are things game-wise in Pathfinder I can take as even as a barbarian that helps me kind of embrace that uh, that genre or that that game so I think you just have to own it um, and uh, the the who it's MRCJ um, I just like that I think you have to create space in the game to act like your player if the game's not going to give you that opportunity uh, the GM can carve out a little bit of time for you and you just have to play your character what about um, if the character is just like not compatible with what's the the table vibe? Because we just had that happen with Stork in, yeah. the, in the vampire game. Yep. And he, he 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 his character lost a significant amount of humanity to the point where he's like, you know what? My, at this point, my character is going to be like, screw these people. I'm going to wander off. Sorry, yeah. spoilers. I don't know if that <laughs> yeah. episode's oh! out yet. <laughs> Damn it, Stu! God. <laughs> I may have just spoiled something. Sorry. So much for my listening this week. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know when that episode goes up. It may have already gone up, though. I don't know. I, don't, I'm I, thinking I have not heard it, but I'm a little bit behind. Okay. I think I think that's trickier because you have to. I, you might have to kind of uh, be player and character 
a little more frequently because you don't want to ruin everybody else's fun. But at the same time, I do think you you have to play your character. Um, you just might have to hold back a little bit if it's completely going to jack up everybody else's fun. I, I think with some characters, there comes a point where the character is just untenable. They just don't fit See, at all anymore. That's kind of where I think he was. And where, that's at where that I think point, you take the character out of the game. You get you let the character have their death moment. Um, or their leave moment. Or their leave is, moment. Right? Whatever that is. Yeah. They're, they're, I'm not going to be in this game anymore. Um, and you know, because I mean, if you if you think about about fiction, characters will disappear <coughs> from a, a story. You know, they just find they don't no longer fit. Yeah, I can't talk tonight. They no longer fit, and they just kind of wander out. Or they're just not in that story. Mm-hmm. I mean, that right. happens. Mm-hmm. Look at Dresden Files. There's a cast of quote unquote NPCs, and there's like a dozen of them at this point. Right, and it's like, well, this one's going to have what's her name, the cop, and this one is going to have his his half brother, and this one's going to have right. you know this guy in it, or mm-hmm. Butters, my favorite character. But it doesn't they're not always all in there at the same time? So I mean, you could, if you like the character, but the character's not fitting, you could make a second character and not even retire it, but just just kind of out set him off to the side out of this for a while, mm-hmm. and I'm going to play this other character who is going to get along with the party and yeah. is going to be involved I mean, in the same machinations the party is involved in. Yeah. <laughs> in the case of Stork, I could totally see Stork wandering off and then at a critical moment in a fight, he co- he reappears for some reason. Maybe. Why? Maybe. I don't know. It's just, you know. I don't see his character doing that, but that's a cool dramatic way to bring him back. Exactly. <laughs> but his character, I mean, it's like, oh, they're fighting. Mm, I wonder if they're going to win. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> well, his character in that game was always kind of the outcast of yeah. the group anyway, who was always going off and doing his own thing, and so it kind of, that was kind of the natural progression of it. That's, for but a I mean, different it character, was. I can see, uh-huh. you know, trying to make it work and find a way for your character to still fit in, mm-hmm. but that particular instance, mm-hmm. it definitely made sense. But depending yeah. on how the leaving is... That could make for like some incredible shit, like in our Star oh, Wars no. game. Not in this one. Okay. Oh yeah, in, in the yeah. Star Wars game, like look, Trig kind of fit, but not really, right? And then he now, he had a the, similar problem. He because the same player. Moment. I want to stay with the ship. I want to stay with the ship. I'm going to stay with the ship. Right. I don't want it. Right. That's a Twilic thing, dude. It I'm is. telling you. It's turning out to it's be. It's turning out to be. But with Trig, and then he's like, I'm going to go, and then it was like, you know what? I, yeah, I'm out. Fuck you guys, right? And you guys get shot at too much. Yeah, this is way I I cannot protect my own ass enough, right? And then he then he's made then he came back with another character that way fits the group yes. much better. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right? And now so, we have another NPC we really want to murder, or at least right. some people in the party want to murder. Lokio in the chat room is saying, uh, you know, that basically the phrase "you're a fighter," you pro approach all things uh situations by hitting them excludes the idea that a fighter can be a scholar of war or a reluctant fighter who talks out of combat before throwing down uh your class doesn't define who you are or what you think it's just what you do so that's also true Mm -hmm. that that is true but your class does inform how you think about things so if i'm a fighter and maybe i you know my immediate thought approach is to hit it but also by the same token maybe my immediate approach is I'm going to gather troops and, you know, crush it or, you know, whatever. It's, but the the class informs 
how you think about things and how you approach problems. Well, and, and frequently many systems are going to support uh, you doing well at the things that relate to that particular class. So even yes. if you're a reluctant fighter because you just were born seven foot, three foot tall, you're the mountain, uh, doesn't mean that's how you embrace every problem, but it means that's probably what you're good at. Uh, well, and it's also, it's also interesting because it can, if you have a, a good group, people are going to play into your character as well. Yeah. Right? So mm -hmm. when you're in that conversation where you know that you've got the mountain there and it's like, well, it's time to, we need to go in and, and, uh, and, and treat with the, <coughs> the lord of this keep, right? It may be very well where one of the other characters is like, oh, okay, but whatever you do, just don't pull out your damn sword, all right? Like, yeah. <laughs> they're gonna, they're gonna, like okay, I'm going to watch her the whole time because if I see her hand drop to her hilt, I'm moving over there, right? <laughs> or like, you know, you... Th those things I think kind of start coming up, even yeah. if even if the fighter knows that's not the right time to do it. The other the other party may be like, I don't know, we, you did it before. Yeah. Remember that one time we had a, a discrepancy of four copper on the bar bill, and you spit the barkeep in two. Remember that? <laughs> yeah, that was you know, that it was, was bad. It was bad. Um, in Bruce's hero fantasy hero game that we were playing in. Um, my character considered Gina's character to be the queen. That mm -hmm. was, and my guy was a was a fallen knight. That was his thing. And they would be off talking and wrangling and going, "Well, wait, we could do this, or or maybe we could do that, or we could do this other thing." And at some point, <clears throat> Gina would go, "Well, we need to go do this instead." And I would immediately just turn and go. Mm -hmm. And they'd be like, "But he's leaving again. Damn it." <laughs> Because that's what your character She believes. said, go, yep. I'm gone. <laughs> well, it seems like you've got a lot of really interesting character, uh, I guess for lack of a better a better term, character class uh, conflicts that happen in the vampire game. Where people, they're, yeah. they're really driven by what it is you want to do or who you, what your class, not, not like fighter mage class, but your... Right. Almost hierarchical. They, they've done a great class. Speaking as a as a listener, they've done a great job of embracing their clan. Mm -hmm. They really have. I mean, there there is. Well, oh, go ahead. Well, thank you. Yeah, that's. What I was kind of going to ask. How is it though that I mean, Nosferatu is obviously very different than the the what you've picked. You were yeah. Toriador. Yeah. Um, Kimmy. Kimmy's yeah. true. But how is it that? Like, Stork's character is the one that's a little bit more odd man out. Well, he played Gangrel, which yeah. is typically kind of lone Bro wolf, yeah. kind of broody kind of guy. Um, and our Nosferatu player is, like, a comedian, and he's... Yeah. So he's sort of your fr friendly neighborhood Nosferatu, not <laughs> like, Nosferatu, <laughs> Nosferatu. Right. Mr. Rogers, the Nosferatu. Yeah, and then naturally, Kimmy's character and mine are, like, besties. Absolutely. So uh, the three of us kind of teamed up reluctantly with uh, the Nosferatu character, because he's a little hard to look at um, <laughs> for my poor Toreador eyeballs. And and he, he, he plays a very vile character as well. He has terrible habits. He... Yes, he does. <laughs> maybe, but, I, maybe I know more because I see that end of yeah. the chat. But, yeah. but there's also <clears throat> that that player 
has a tendency in my experience playing with him to play a kind of a bumbling character a little bit. Yeah. He kind of set puts himself in that in that position a fair bit. I don't want to spoil anything. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, that, yes, that's exactly the way he comes across. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, believe me, I ha- I see the vial in there. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so is, is Stork going to make another character? He started to make a Tremere, mm-hmm. which is a spellcaster, the blood magic yep. people. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And then, he, then, he, then he's like, you know what? I don't have time. I really don't have to, time to play. Let, let me wait until after fair. So we're going to play a few sessions, and, and then if he wants to come back after fair is over, then. Because I think we're going to play next Friday, and two mm. Fridays after that. Is that right? Should be Friday after next Friday, because this coming Friday I'll be in New Orleans. That'll okay, be a all right. Hard. So, unless you guys go to New Orleans to play. We could, yeah. Uh, so, cool. so the Friday of Pogfest weekend, we're playing. And then that sounds like a good I think idea. the next Friday or the Friday after that. It's like one yes. or two Fridays after that yeah. we're playing again. Ooh, That's the on second that session one, getting canceled? I might be in China. Okay. All right. We can reschedule. Sorry. But the, um, you can Skype in. You can Skype in from China. It's true. It'll be, It'll be like, like the middle of the day. They have totally a. open internet there. Totally it won't be a problem. <laughs> right. <laughs> you can go to like some you know political dissident sites while you're there. Sure. <laughs> Nice. That sounds a like a great idea. It does. <laughs> won't cause a problem at all. You won't right. get arrested or anything. It'll, no. No. It'll be fine. It won't get shot. It'll be fine. Be well, thank you, MRCJ, for yeah. the email. And I'm going to play the ad from the next sponsor. Shh. Really? You're not going to play? <laughs> <laughs> the suspense is great. Here we go. Do you like RPGs, indie or traditional? Are you interested in live-action role-play? Do you play board games? How about miniature games? Well, we have all of those and more. Hello, this is James from the 1D Forecast podcast. My convention, 1D4Con, is celebrating its fourth anniversary this year as a prominent RPG convention in the Shenandoah Valley. Join us April 15th through 17th at the Comfort Inn Aiken Center, located in Martinsburg, West Virginia. Pre-registration is open until Saturday, April 9th. Visit 1d4con.com, that is the number one, the letter D, the number four, con.com, or find us on Facebook and Google+. And thank you very much to the guys at 1D4 Cast. Yeah, it's like their 4D4 con, you got to roll 4D4. 4D4, it's the 4D4 con. Cool, and good luck with your con, guys. Yeah, that's awesome. And thank you for your support. If we get our shit together, we could do a Happy Jack's con, but that sounds like a lot of work. Right. Where is Shenandoah Valley? Do it. It's East Coast. Oh, it's on the other side. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> about middle, about in the middle of the other side. Okay. All right. Is it a, is it a, is it a state people live in, or do you just fly over it? Where is it? <laughs> it's a state people live in. Okay. Just checking. I don't know. So it's, it's on the other side. It's on the other end. Yeah. It's on the other coast. It's they the have an ocean over oh, there. Wait, well, I know. What state? You can swim in that ocean. <laughs> can you? Yeah. In the Atlantic? Sure. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. You can. There's it's not sure. like cold. toxic waste. It's not as cold as ours. It's really dark and you can't really see cool. through it, though. Yeah. It's right. not like so here you... where you can see your feet in the water. Why not? It's, like it's opaque. Why? 
Uh, is it gross? No. No, man, because it's fucking Batman. That's why. It's dark. <laughs> it's dark water. <laughs> the Atlantic is the Batman of it's oceans. Got the yes. Of yeah. It's got the pirates of the Caribbean. Not down it's in the America's penis, though. It's beautiful there. It is beautiful there. Oh, Florida? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. The ocean's gorgeous. Like there. Maryland to North Carolina, though. Dark yeah. water. Yeah, but South Carolina's got, like, awesome beach action. I don't know. I've never been there. Yeah, I went there yeah, last year. It's really nice. You just pull up the... Like Myrtle uh, Beach is, like, super good. Right. You just pull up the landing craft and drop the front off of it, and the Marines yeah, charge sure. out onto the beach. It's awesome. Hoorah. 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 <laughs> Heavy Metal Jess says, awesome. The Atlantic is just fine, dudes. <laughs> see? It's fine. Why it's can't just you different see day it, from then? here. Why can't you see through it? There's something wrong with that. You can't <laughs> see through the Thames, you know too, what? everyone you know, knows you know that why? thing's... You can hear in California, because it's California, because we're shallow. But back east, <laughs> deep, dude. It's deep. <laughs> but it's if you're deep. standing... It, that doesn't make any sense. All right. What do you want me to say? In a pissing contest, don't be downwind. From yep. Ed in Minnesota, who would like to read... Don't pull on the don't pull the mask off the old Lone <laughs> Ranger. <laughs> you know that song? No. Don't pull on Superman's cape. Don't oh, spit yeah. into the wind. It's don't the spit old. into oh. the wind. No, Jim Croce? Still don't. Yeah, well, Jim yeah. Croce. That's right. Okay. You ever heard of Jim Croce? Yeah. Probably. Dude. You'd know it if you I, heard it. I've heard the name. You would oh, know man. it if you heard it. Probably. But I just don't know. Pull the mask off the old Lone Ranger and you don't mess around with Jim. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Okay. That's all you need to Let's know. Let's do that. We'll do that. we'll do that song at Bogfest. Did you sneeze? No. I think that was, was a that? recorded Kimmy sneeze. <gasps> That's like... That's like a... No way. It's a Kimmy sneeze. And it also has a, the end of one of my burps on it. Listen carefully. <laughs> oh, it sure does. Oh. How do you, what would you call that? A snurp? Sneeze? Well, that's my snurp? burp and her sneeze. Yeah. And that's the cleanest one we've found so far. There's another one where someone's talking over, I think Stork's talking over or something. Do you want to hear it with the full burp? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. <laughs> wow. Oh, see, that's as God intended. <laughs> None of this cut that burp off. That's like Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. yeah that's exactly what that is. All right. That's hilarious. Pissing contest. Don't be downwind. Uh, hello, Obi-Wan Stubushi. <laughs> Obi-Wan Stubushi and the New Order Initiates of the d- Douche? Deutsch? I think it's supposed to be douche. I think, I think it's, it's supposed douche. to be douche. New Order Initiates of the Douche. And from Minnesota here, not Minneapolis. That is way too crowded. Temperatures are higher. Does that mean he's a youper? That's Michigan. Oh, it's Michigan. Sorry, I get oh. the M. I get the M. Maybe he's in St. Paul, up. like Maryland, and which is across the street from <laughs> Minneapolis. Yeah, yeah, but it's not it as is. crowded. It's not. It's not, and it's pretty cool. Temperature. It's named after a beetle. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. Someone should do that. Temperatures are higher. To answer a question from my previous letter, piss does freeze in very sub-zero temperatures within seconds of hitting the ground. We're talking about 40 degrees below zero Fahrenheit. I win. Uh, T-shirts and shorts are everywhere. It's 50 degrees. Uh, And life generally seems better. I bet we even have more sunshine than Sweden, Stork. And with the improvement in life, I have time to dredge up content. Um, I have time to ask questions that I have been wondering about in regard to gaming. So here's the setup. 
In our early days, we spent a lot of time playing different games, trying to collect more loot to win the game we were playing. Fast forward to White Wolf in the 90s, and suddenly we were focusing more on developing a story that was interesting. Still loot, but it wasn't as important compared to what your character could do without any gear. Sidestepping for a minute, when playing uh, COC, which I think I'm supposed to say cock, because uh, Call of Cthulhu for the dirty-minded out there. Uh, we always played to win, but gauged success by how glorious our death was. The story was the thing. Now I've come to the point where when I game, I want to try to have every player have one moment in every session where they get to shine in regard to something that's going on. I'm not sure if it is the con experience rubbing off <coughs> too many Call of Cthulhu one-shots, or if it is just the continuing evolution of gaming in general. But I feel strongly now that everyone should have one thing that they get to do best in every game session to truly have a win. In previous uh, episodes, there was discussion about how a game was changed when players started using telepathic powers to determine how to get past some major plot points in a game. And the general consensus I heard was on how to avoid this by blocking that tactic using X, Y, or Z. I think a chance was missed for a completely different conversation here. Your players figured out how to get past the bad guy. Awesome! How is the baddie going to react to this? After the fourth or fifth team of flunkies goes, goes missing, the baddie may realize that something strange is happening and change tactics. If the power is truly game-changing, use a little common sense. I know, I know, not that common, but you're a GM, right? Grow a pair to give the player something big to make him or her shine, and then obfuscate beyond that. How many baddies will tell their flunkies every detail of their plan? How many flunkies might have their own incorrect ideas about what's going on and why? How many flunkies are obsessed with the web pages banned in major countries that will force a sanity roll to try to gain knowledge from them? Please make sure to roll R-O-L-L play and not R-O-L-P-L-A those scenes. So my question to you, uh, my questions to you are these. If every player should have a moment to shine in every game, why do we work so hard to take that moment from so many players? And what can we do to fix this? discuss. I go. I will go back to work on my next Call of Cthulhu one-shot. Oh, I'm sorry. I keep running his jokes. Bill, do you want to do that one? I'll go back to work on my <laughs> next cock one-shot. Ladies. Not to really creep anyone out there, uh, but how could I resist that line? Ed from Minnesota. It's so disturbing that I'm the one who has to read this, like, <laughs> that read this creepy, stuff. sexy voice. <laughs> I know. That was good, though. Thank you. you Welcome to Costco. I love you. <laughs> I love that guy. He's my favorite. Um, I don't. I don't. I don't feel like. I, I personally don't feel like I work hard to take away those no. moments from. Players. I mean, I think probably I don't remember this particular conversation, but I, as a GM, there are times when it's like, okay, here's here's what I think uh, I've got planned for this session. So and so just leveled up and now has this new ability that circumvents everything I've just come up with, and there I think there is the tendency to try to salvage that preparation. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's okay, I think. Sometimes it's not. You certainly shouldn't, if the players are, are legitimately using something in the in a in a in a way that is commensurate <laughs> with the intent. 
of the power, you gotta let it happen. Has that happened in the vampire game? Where something got used unexpectedly that all of a sudden you're trying to think. I don't think derail so. the blood train. I don't think so. The closest thing I can think of was the two or three dot aspects thing that you have where you were, what do you call it, laying a grope on? Oh, throwing a grope down. Throwing a grope down? Yeah. On a dead body to find out who killed them. Mm. And you gotta, yeah. But you got to make a pretty good roll on that to I find did. That out. I did. I right. rolled really well on that. The, right. the way Vampire is and structured that, from a, a mechanic standpoint, none of the powers are actually can actually break the system. Well, I mean, I'm not talking about breaking the system. I'm talking about breaking your prep. If that was going to be a murder mystery, and you rolled well yeah. enough to to yeah. know who the murderer was, my two hours of running around finding clues for a murder mystery are suddenly dashed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they now still have to prove it. Maybe. I mean, it depends. I, I mean, there, there's also a... I mean, it, it was easily corroborated by my sire who had the same ability. It was on the Primogen Council. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's I mean, basically like hard evidence at that point. Hard sort evidence. Of. <laughs> <laughs> Lokio said, Significant Bill, Bill is the creepy, sexy voice in my head. Also, my I'm sorry. voice for all That's orcs. terrible. <laughs> <laughs> zug, zug, Lokio. Zug, zug. <laughs> That's awesome. So I think... Well, I mean, so as an example in the Star Wars game, mm-hmm. right, Dave, Dave's character has the ability to, if he thinks of it and can actually roll, circumvent a lot of prep. He's also got the, the Galactic Express credit card. Yes. <laughs> Which, so, sort of. Well, you did. You guys don't really have that anymore. But he doesn't right. care. Right. He doesn't actually understand the concept of money, which is fascinating. It is. Um. So but, whatever, but just and, tell, yeah, sure. That uh, what do you need? Of course, yes. Well, yeah, or or he kills you. It just depends on how he's feeling, right? Because somebody's <laughs> going to say no to a Sith. Yeah, well, not really, not, not usually, really. not I mean, usually, you know, not unless you want to well, get a lightsaber super- through your eye socket. Yeah, his superiors might. Yes, it will. It 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 can happen. But he has an enormous credit line. We never found the bottom of. Uh, you know, you guys never found the bottom of it, right? The bottom was found. Oh, I, I imagine probably, but we never found. No, that, that came out. That was said in front of you guys. I don't remember that. Yes, that was that was when there was something that had to get, or you wanted to do something else, and they were like, "Oh no, we suspended the credit line when you hit a million credits." And you guys were like, "A million credits?" And then you piece together, "Oh, that would be someone who left." <laughs> so the credit line got tapped. Right. There was a bottom. It was a lot, though. Um, but but so for example, Dave, <coughs> there were uh, you know when the Cure Starfall stuff came to a head, Dave rolled super well. Mm-hmm. So it's like okay, he's gonna you know yeah he's telling the stuff and you could whether you chose to believe him or not is irrelevant because you know he's telling you the absolute truth. You just know it, right? And it may be not what you want to hear, right? But that's so. I, I think it is. But you, but you have to do that because Dave's Dave gets so much shit for having an inquisitor that can't find anything out. Yes, when he actually rolled amazingly well, like that has to be his payoff. Right? Yes, exactly. They have to. Yeah, I think I, I don't think it, it's. I mean, I, I think there is a tendency to try to one of to, to, to try to protect your 
your game prep as a GM. Mm-hmm. Um, but you gotta you gotta think fast on your feet, and you gotta think ahead. Okay, if I was like, let's say in the vampire game, I'm planning this to be a murder mystery. Who was it that killed this guy? Oh, she just got an extra dot in, in Auspex and just rolled amazingly well. Okay, well, yeah. So what was I going to do after they figured out who the guy was? Oh, yeah, they got to go find him. Okay. Right. So that's where we just fast forward to that part of the story. Now right. they know who did it. Right. Now they have to find the guy. <clears throat> so, but you just got to work. You got to gotta be fast on your feet. And that's a great time, you know, when, when that gets thrown out, that's a great time for the bathroom break. Right. Say. If it's early. If yeah. it's late, later in the session, it's a great cliffhanger. Yeah, right. It's always I've done that a couple times too. Mm-hmm. We get to a point, it's like, oh shit, but that crazy thing just happened. All right, and that seems like a great place to call it. Right. I think everybody can be like, and I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, thank God, I've got a week or two to figure out what the fuck happens. Next. Or, right, or have have the cliffhanger be the go ahead and make the roll, mm-hmm. see what the result is because you need that for the game prep. Right. And they they make their amazing roll, which is going to circumvent whatever prep you were planning. Right. Okay. We'll end it there, and I'll tell you what happens with your role next week. Right, <laughs> right. Like if you can buy yourself some time to make sure they have their moment. If you have that, if you have that right. option, that's mm-hmm. great. That might be an interesting way to do a, a, a cliffhanger. Have them make the role and resolve the role the next time. What's well, kind of what happens in the Fantasy Flight Star Wars game? Because at the end of every session, then you're rolling whose complication is next. That's true. Yeah. I forgot to do that in last session. And then it's like, oh, okay. Hmm. We know next time it's going to be something to do with Bruce or whatever. Mm -hmm. Is this this any good? It's fantastic. You just had some. You had some. Oh, It's medicine. It's actually a giant medicine bottle. I'm going to have some more. (laughs) It does look like that. It's good for what ails you. It's snake oil. It's good snake oil, though. Not the whole snake. I'm just going to have some. I'm yeah. just going to milk it a little. Because it has nipples. It does. Any Anything else on this one? No, I, I think, Bueller? you know, give them their moment. Don't don't ever take it away from them. I can see, I can see both sides of that because you don't want to take the moment away. But part of it is, I think, possibly not just losing your prep or your mm. precious story idea, but it's your... Your contribution is to make things exciting and climactic and, you know, to to produce conflict or tension, too, so that if everything is always surmountable or easy, that's not fun either. Right. right. So there's got to be some sort of... So sometimes if that's happening all the time where you've just got everybody's super uber and nothing is challenging, then that's boring. Uh, mm-hmm. I will say if you, if you know that... Sam has Auspects 3 and can read the bones to find out who killed them. What she finds out is who committed the act, well, it but not who drove how, them. It, it depends on how you right. roll. Like, sometimes yeah. I, you know, touch something and all I learn is the last person to touch it was not a vampire. And I'm like, great, awesome. <laughs> right. Super right. helpful. Yeah. <laughs> but, it, but if you make that awesome roll, maybe... From a, a game prep standpoint, what she finds out is this is the person who pulled the trigger, but not who drove them to do that, or why. The so, man behind the man. The man behind the man. Right. I think which was kind of what happened, but we just infer, were able to infer <coughs> I don't remember. Detail. I don't remember. No. I'm just, and I'm just throwing out ideas. No. 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 It, well, it depends on which... Bo- which I don't know, you, who, how many I, people I, have you diabolized? Not diabolized. <laughs> uh, How many people have you have you thrown a grope down on? 
Corpses. How many corpses have you thrown a grope down on? Okay, they're all that corpses. and the cock one shots. This is like a <laughs> one of one of them. Spoilers. Grope a cock one shot. Right. One of them was was Anthony. Right. Yes. He was diablerized. Oh yes. So we know so for that a was fact real the guy. Obvious. Right. Yeah. There's yes. no person behind the person in that case because yeah. it's the dude who. Yeah. But. I'm trying to think what the, who, who the other one was. Oh, the other one was the very very first one, wasn't it? Um, no. No, the it? murder victim. Lord Anthony was first. Because remember last time... Right, right, right. Last right. time I did it, I was I was like, oh, yeah, didn't I uh, touch that bo- dead, bo- dead body that one time? And Scully got all offended because he was like, you mean Lord Anthony? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, that guy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, I, I'm going to play a couple of voicemails. We've got two voicemails. Well, if you'd like oh, to nice. email us, you can email us at happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. That's happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. You can send us a voicemail at 626-629-8RPG. That's 626-629-8RPG. We're on the Twitters. HappyJacksRPG. All one word. And on the Facebook. Yeah, you, it, you, can, you can come on our Facebook page and like us. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to play uh, the two voicemails. This one is from... And Tribe. We're on Tribe, too. We still have a Tribe page up. MySpace. Tribe was so good. MySpace. Rockin' the MySpace! We were going to do Vines, but we couldn't think of six seconds of content. Live journal. Like, all at once. It's it's hard. It's a lot of work. It's going to work? Pornhub. I think we're on there, too. Pornhub? Yeah. Cornhub. 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 Hello, Happy Sex Podcast. This is Rosanna Greenstripe. And before I begin... I want to extend a sincere and heartfelt fuck you to Hozier Rob. I don't know what hole-in-the-wall high school he went to, but in my high school, theater was where you went to make friends, build valuable RPG skills, and get laid. Anyway, on to the topic. I don't I don't think I believe him. I, I no. no. <laughs> yeah. maybe, maybe the first two, but... That's where they have sparkly unicorns and... Because you generally don't hear RPG skills and getting laid in the same sentence. No, not no. very often. That's like talking about like how much play I got in marching band. Nobody buys that <laughs> shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. I committed a GMing sin when I last ran Edge of the Empire. Specifically, I had a player make multiple roles, one after the other, when I didn't have an interesting outcome for said roles. In this case, they were trying to escape the city on a hover bike as it was going into police lockdown. They failed their pilot planetary check with advantage at least twice, maybe even three times. The player and I determined that failure with advantage in this situation meant that the fuzz hadn't caught on to them yet, but they weren't free. After the second or third result of this type, this meant that the PC was furiously driving in circles throughout city streets to lose cops that were not chasing them in the first place. When somebody else pointed this out, everybody, including the PC in question, had a good laugh and enjoyed themselves. But in hindsight, I should have just let them move on with their story instead of putting meaningless roadblocks in front of them. In the future, I won't call for a role from a player unless I can come up with meaningful outcomes for both success and failure. Please, everybody, learn from my example. Thanks again for doing this podcast, and keep preaching that good GURPS gospel. Stu, can I get a yeah? Yeah! 
Sorry. Um, <laughs> oh, happy sex podcast. Oh, it's going to repeat. This is okay. Uh, I'm going to try, uh, just for the, those who are listening to this in the chat room, you're not hearing it, and that's because it's coming from the same um, computer that I'm using to send out, and I can't do a mix minus without the minus. If that's you why it's a mix mean. minus. Right. So, uh, <laughs> but I'll try playing the next one through my iPad. So we have that. Ooh, okay. So uh, essentially just to... So just, right. So first of all, fuck you, Hose Rob. Okay. Fuck I'm you, Hose Rob. I'm on board. I'm on board. I'm on board. Theater kids get play. Obviously. Sure. And and then Edge of Empire, it's got that mechanic where you fail or succeed and something great or something bad might happen as well. Right. So there's a lot of pressure on the GM there anyway. Yeah, you, you can, like, succeed, fail. It's yes, weird. Yes, you can. Yeah. Yeah. Or fail, succeed. Yeah. And you, I think probably the best thing to do is don't call for a lot of roles, just in general. Wait for the, the time when yeah. you have a real moment. Like, this is a divergent point. If this happens and goes great, it's going to go this way. If it doesn't, it's going to go that way. Because there's... There's a lot of pressure on the GM when that roll comes up, and it's, oh, I've got 14 advantages, and I failed by one. Right. Uh, <laughs> if you had a, an idea of what would happen with success or failure, you can blend it and make a mix of the two, or however you want to do it. But I think less is more when it comes to that game, mm-hmm. when it comes to rolls. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. <clears throat> it's... I think that's good with most game systems really um i'm finding that a lot less rolling dice is uh better i've even mostly i'm not even rolling dice anymore myself Mm-hmm. i like rolling dice well you can you can just roll them yeah i want it to mean something <laughs> i like rolling dice well then it means something you like it it's like masturbation. It doesn't have to be a lifetime <laughs> commitment. You do it because you like it. But, you know, it doesn't have to mean anything. I'm stalling because I'm trying to log into my Google Voice account. Google Voice is here. awesome. Okay, I'm done. I listen to it through my Google ears. And I know. watch it through my Google Glass. I want a Google Glass. Can you still get those anywhere? Yeah. Uh, because think about how awesome that would be on stage. To just have all your music and lyrics right there in your glasses. Not that that would be distracting or anything. It wouldn't. You see through the glasses and you're on stage and it's right there. Like when I got to get chords and stuff. Because I haven't learned my music for fair yet. If, but they, you know, they'd look authentic. <laughs> they'd look period. Ye old Google Glassy. Okay. Oh, there it goes. Thank you. There Where's we are. Vo- I'm looking for my voicemail. Look at that. We're ruining the podcast for everybody else just for our listeners in the chat room right now. <laughs> we are. We're making shit radio for people to listen to this on iTunes. <clears throat> okay. So if, well, you, while if, you are in the, if you're in the chat room and we're doing this for you right now because we love you, you need to go and give us five stars on iTunes. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, and, some guy gave us another one-star and, and review. And friend me on those. Tribe because I need more friends on Tribe. Um, they all left. Very, very quickly while Stu is finishing setting that up. Yeah. Um, coming up Memorial Day weekend here in sunny Los Angeles, California. Uh, GameX 2016, the next Strategic Con, Game Con. I know you fair guys won't be there because you'll be tearing down fair, but some of us are going to be there. That wasn't going to be the case. I know. I know but fair yeah. got moved. I'll, I'll, I, won't, I won't be tearing down fair. Okay. Because I have another thing I'm. Yeah, yeah. You, you have a bit of a, I have a project. On. I have another project I have to move on yeah. to. Right. 
Okay, I'm gonna play this next one. Hey guys, it's Sturgido here. I was listening to your show today and uh, doing dishes and had to take a, a bathroom break. So, good luck on and uh, envisioning that one, by the way. He's calling anyway, the I just camp. heard the portion of the section, whatever you want to call it, with, uh, I think his name was Barney, and you guys were talking about uh, setting. Well, I'm one of the L5R guys that uh, Stu was talking about. Uh, you could call me a setting Nazi if you want to, that's fine. Um, but in my defense, with L5R, it's such a rich story, such engaging characters, that I really want everybody to understand what the story is, not just the game part. So I always try to help them along with that. When I'm GMing, I usually try to do like a quick uh, crash course in the story, at least what pertains to the game I'm going to be running, and uh, just kind of lay out the land for each of their clans, each of their families, things like that, so they understand what they're getting into. Um, just my thought on the subject. So if anybody uh, has any questions about anything uh, L5R related, hit me up on the forums. This is Sir Gigo on the forums. Thanks, guys. We don't call them setting Nazis anymore. Now, instead of Nazi, we use the term Third Reich American. <laughs> so setting Third Reich American. <laughs> yes. yeah. Doesn't quite roll off the tongue, though. They usually don't. <laughs> <laughs> but... Yeah, we were talking about the the setting, and and you know, L five R has a very rich setting. Yeah, you've ever read the book? It starts with here's the here's the creation myth, and it follows from the point in history. It starts with creation and tells mm-hmm. you the history of Rokugan, mm-hmm. which is a fascinating way to to introduce a, a fantasy setting. It's just fantastic, um, and I, I love the setting. The setting is mm-hmm. incredible. But people do get very persnickety about the right way to do things and the the one true way thing. Were you persnickety? No, right. no. no, no. I usually get a lot of uh, criticism from the from from setting Nazis like Sergio. <laughs> third <laughs> the Reich Americans. <laughs> Sorry, Third Reich setting Third Reich Americans. Right. <clears throat> Got it. Setting National <clears throat> Socialists. <laughs> National Socialists. So, all right. So, what about? So, then, what about? How does that uh, apply for the the prep you did for the vampire game? Because that's another very setting rich system. Yeah. Well, it, it is, and actually, Tim was like, "Oh, but you're, but it's going to be here, but it's because I'm doing it in L.A. and L.A. is kind of an anarch." area mm. and i'm saying well this anarch area is trying this experiment in democracy to see if it works which is probably something vampires would never do <laughs> because they're fucking monsters right <clears throat> but there, there's uh, he, I mean, he he is ha, has been very reserved about criticizing the way i'm doing things and he's actually sort of enjoyed the fact that I'm having never played, va- I only played Vampire once, and it was a Sabbat game, mm-hmm. uh, and having never experienced the setting in that way at all, that it, I kind of have a slightly different take on things because I only have the book to read, right? So, <clears throat> and my reading comprehension is not great, so <laughs> I get some of it down, and some of it I don't get down, but it. Uh, I haven't really had any. I mean, I get I get a lot of complaints about rules mostly because I'm. Well, that's like a thing, though. Like 
anytime we run anything, there's going to be right the rules lawyers, especially if we're sometimes it's not even rules lawyers. It's do you guys need to read the combat section again because you did it totally wrong? Well, yeah, because <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, often, rule, yeah, rules lawyer. <laughs> did, it, <clears throat> did it work for the game at hand? Yeah. It's it's true though. There is definitely times where, and especially if you're not playing every week, right? And it's something yeah. you haven't done in a while, and you're like, "How did, uh, do I add the stat or like what? How does that work again?" And you gotta flip and right refresh. Yeah, and that, that that is true, and and that is a good a good point. Um, I I just think that the the fiction trumps the rules. I yeah. agree. Mm-hmm. It's true, but we have also uh, had conversations uh, on this podcast about like why are you, why are you playing a game if you're not going to play with the rules? And so it, it's situational. And, and very few people play with all the rules. I think that's true. Who uses encumbrance in D and D? Dude, that, that last time I was in Vegas, that's what I was telling Lord him at the God casino. King. I'm like, come God. on, who plays with all the rules? <laughs> come on, I rolled both the dice, give me the money. <laughs> who cares what the result is? It's about, and you that's know, not have, an interesting result. No, it's not an interesting result. Look, I, Fudge those. Look, I criticaled. I was in a, that's a critical. <laughs> I mean, playing craps with 20-siders is pretty cool, it actually. Is. It was neat, yeah. And they have nice alleys in Vegas, too, by the way. Very soft. <laughs> Is that a cock one shot reference? Cock one shot. It's <laughs> be my next Bad podcast. <laughs> okay. Uh, processing stuff outside my brain. This one is personal for Istanbul. Oh, 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 but oh, but thanks for the voicemails. Thanks for the voicemails. Yeah, that's Yay! awesome. We got to fire this back up again. Those were awesome. I, I can't believe the voicemail thing still works. It's awesome. Why is that so short? Oh, there it is. That's a word. It's sort of an expurgated. It's a applause. pretty big word. Abbreviated. Short. Diminutive. Who would like to read processing <laughs> stuff outside my brain? This is a, this one is personal from Istanbul. I can do the thing. Okay. Yay. Dear douches and douchettes, I admire your show. It is a most valuable resource for all matters related to role-playing games. Thank you all for being the voice of my mind. Please have a drink and serve a nice cold beer to Jib, who I believe is the most admirable (laughs) gaming person I never had the pleasure to meet in person. Wow. High praise there. Thank you very much. That is very kind of you. Um, If you ever get out this way, um, find me at a game con. Yeah. For your cock one shot. <laughs> For your cock one shot. Isn't that that horrible horchata one? Oh my. No, this oh, is the damn. horrible vanilla wheat one. I'll have some horrible horchata. I got horchata? Do you? Yeah. yeah I'm going to try that I'll shit. Give you that orchata. one is weird, but I kind of like it. The right? cinnamon horchata? This peach one is an abomination, though. And I was about to open one and have one. Mm, do Should you want to try this one yeah, first? Oh, yeah. Have a sip good. of it. See how that is. That's awful. <laughs> it's pretty bad. That not, yeah. does that, does I'm that, not sure I want it back, Does that actually. put the pee in peach? <laughs> Try it. <laughs> Try it. Peach and beer does not go together. Oh, Those that's are bad. Two incompatible. Wow, <laughs> the horchata's 
weird. I kind of like it. It's good, but it's it's try the vanilla. It's like it's interesting. cereal. Can I have some of that? Yeah, it is. It's I like, actually like it's that like one. drunk it's Captain too. Crunch. It is. No, no, <laughs> no. Cinnamon toast. Crunch. They just need a Count Chocula one to go with it. Yeah. Like oh my god, that's, that's who Stork awesome? should play in your game. Count Chocula. <laughs> Fuck yes. <laughs> what, would, what, what, what clan would Count Chocula be? <laughs> well, Ventrue, obviously, he's got a business. His face is on a cereal Oh box. yeah, General Mills. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Brew. Uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not good. Oh shit. Oh, no. And it's now so it's bad, I spilled all over and myself. And it attacked you. Some, co- some cop's going to pull me over and he's like, oh, were you drinking with a nine-year-old? What the fuck does that smell? Because <laughs> <laughs> it smells like peach soda. Is wow. Like peach Kool-Aid and beer. Oh, man. Woo! It, you want, there's a towel in there if you want to towel off. You got a, you got a shirt or something? Y- yeah. I mean, this is like... Yeah, in my room. I'm sure this won't stain. Keep reading the email. We'll be okay. right back. Okay. Yeah. Stu and I got to go. I'm starting to take my shirt off. <laughs> they got to have their cock one shot. Okay. The horchata is better than the peach, Mr. Manowar. This is true. Oh my god! This is All right, <laughs> continuing with the email. All of you do great work for gaming. I enjoy the stories and commentaries you all offer. I am having a great time. May the beer in your fridge never end. Now, first, have a drink. Or, and don't pour it on anyone. Um, then, perhaps, you could afford me a shred of your time. To present a problem I have in my gaming group, which I hope to process outside my brain. We are a small bunch, only four of us, who are dads in the same neighborhood, and game weekly for three hours on a weeknight. Once in a while, a fifth will join, but is usually just us four. Gaming from 8 to 11 p.m., as kids are now semi-independent in bedtime transition, makes it less of a burden on our wives. Game is fun, too. We play Savage Worlds, which offers us a lot of quality time, allowing a whole lot of stuff happening in one session, unlike other known systems. The ease of preparation and running can never be overstated, especially for someone with our schedules. I will shamelessly boast that I can host a -a once-in-a-while Saturday night one-shot game session with with a group consisting of my current players and other non-gamer friends of mine with interest in role-playing games. I love Star Wars and Savage Worlds. Or Savage Worlds, I'm sorry. No. I just like, automatically I translated it as Star Totally understandable thing. And kick myself over why I did not discover it any sooner. My playmates also agree, for the most part. Recently, one of my players, a most agreeable and pleasant gentleman, as you'd wish to me, announced that he wanted to run D and D next after we are done with the current mini campaign I'm running. My stomach cringed for two reasons. First, I enjoy GMing, and perhaps Stu will empathize. Sometimes I like GMing more than playing. However, I have learned to put aside my GM greed and be a fellow PC. I can mute the impulse in me who tends to think of all the alternative ways I would handle an encounter or portray a character situation. So, I can easily deliver myself to overcome this first barrier with no problem. When the mini-campaign is done, he will take over. That is what we do. We place a series of mini-campaigns. Handing off the screen is painful, but must be done. He is a good GM and enjoys a good story. Of course, knowing that a mini-campaign does not take too long too long time away from the screen is a nice relief, so I see light at the end of the tunnel and am prepared. 
But the second problem is the problem that I feel is insurmountable. Whatever Dean version D&D is replacing Savage Worlds, that light I mentioned is no longer a light of hope, but of a train approaching. Cliché, I know. Consider this. Just last night we had a great session. PCs were on a zeppelin in pursuit of a train where a fellow NPC was a prisoner en route to the heart of the Third Reich, Berlin. They had to first fight off three Nazi planes, then rush to the train before the zeppelin crashed due to damage suffered and had to jump on the train, fight climbing Nazis, make their way into the carriage for a final confrontation with the... Ooh, German. Sturmbannfuhrer. Sturmbannfuhrer and his soldiers. Did not end there. Later, a travel to Iceland, where Templar treasure is hidden in a magically constructed ice castle. They had to cross an ice bridge with no support structure, which started crumbling a few yards into it and barely made it in a Legolas fashion to the other side. All the while helping the NPC, the portly professor they <coughs> rescued from the train earlier. Benny's flying, Benny's galore. Ah, we had a great time. All in one session, less than three hours, in fact. When they cleared the ice bridge, we had 15 minutes left, so we decided to kick back, have another beer, and shoot the shit, which took us closer to midnight. Beer and friends, you know how it is. So you see, a lot can happen in one night of Savage Worlds, but not in D&D, where even a mini-campaign will last forever. I do not have the stomach nor the appetite for D&D that long. Now, <laughs> I do not know what advice is there to be given. Perhaps just commiserating is sufficient. I remind myself that being a good playmate is to allow others to do what they want to do. I will prepare myself to this never-ending torture called D&D. <laughs> even though D&D, <laughs> after Savage Worlds, feels like getting off my Jeep and walking the next God knows how many miles in the desert <laughs> on foot while my shoes are swapped and tied together, each by the laces, and the knot is glued. <laughs> Don't sugarcoat it. How do you... <laughs> At this point, I cannot press any further to insist the shortcomings of D&D to my friends without sounding like a deeper hole in a bigger ass than I already am. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I recently heard a story where a famous game developer attended a con game ran in the very gaming system that person developed. I expected to hear that the developer would appreciate someone else investing time and energy into one's own creation. I was sad to hear that instead of appreciating the reverence, this person was making faces, grimacing throughout the game, and clearly indicating his disdain of how the game was run. I was disappointed. I do not want to be that way at our gaming table. My friend will offer his time and wants to experience D&D next a bit, so I will join him and pay that long and painful homage. When D&D <laughs> next is done... I will pick up the pieces and run back to my most favorite gaming system. I will still have the Saturday night one-shots. Most importantly, I will behave as the good person I am and not be an asshole around the table. Dear douches and oh. douchettes. Oh, wait. This is the oh, that's where it oh, repeats. You go. Okay. Here you go. That's not. That's right. Pass, accidentally cut and pasted it twice. Pass the exit. Okay. <laughs> what are your thoughts, guys? How was it for you? When you sure did not like what is coming to a gaming table near you, in inevitably. <laughs> How can I enjoy playing D&D again? What is its appeal that I no longer see? If nothing, I will realize why and how much I love Savage Worlds. Thank you for reading this, loud or silent. I look forward to your next podcast either way. 
Until then, my best regards to you all and enjoy a drink. Istanbulitan. Okay, now that I'm not wearing my drink, I'll enjoy it. <laughs> <Cool. laughs> I hear you. Um, you know, I did not find D&D Next, though, to be an onerous system. Combats took a long time. Yes. Well, anything... I blame the poor tactics of our game master. <laughs> that should make the until ga- the, you the fight fucked sh- us up, which was then, which was great. <laughs> um, when did I do that? Oh, I don't know. When I had like nine arrows sticking out of me, and Bruce oh, was trying yeah, yeah, to, yeah, yeah, to yeah. keep up with me so I don't die. Right that time. Heal, um, heal, heal, heal. Any class-based system with the kind of power creep that D and D has is going to reach a point where combats are slow. Mm-hmm. There's just. Sorry. There's just a lot of information to yep. juggle around it's together. Not, it's not as bad as previous versions. I will. I totally agree with that. But it's still... It gets up there. I mean, you guys got, what, to 6th level, 7th level, I think? Yeah. Yeah, 6th or 7th. And it was getting... Combats were getting long. No, they were. They were. It, but it, I, because, I mean, we were playing two, two and a half hours. I guess I guess the thing is, I in previous editions of D&D, at least more recent editions... There are so many rules and so many things for so many situations, it really bogged things down. That really was not the case. No. Combat seemed to be more of the exception, that that was... And, and still, even then, the rules... I mean, the whole advantage-disadvantage thing is just awesome. I love it. Yeah, right? very, I love it. Very yeah. quick, but, but that the power creep is certainly what makes it speeds things up. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, well, I mean, as you go up in level, you gain more attacks. You gain more things you can do. There are more things that bear on what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And, that's and just, as you level, you get more hit points, which is right. really where the problem is. Right. And it is an attrition-based system, so it's just going to take time. Um, that is a thing that games like GURPS, Savage Worlds, um, Powered by the Apocalypse games are not going to have because they're not attrition-based systems. Um, you know, I mean, we all know that in either GURPS or in Savage Worlds, you can get seriously dead right now. Mm-hmm. One hit, yeah, sure. You know, if, one, it's a, if it's a good hit and a good damage roll, Yeah, one, done. one extra <clears throat> with a lucky spin on the dice and you're dead. Mm-hmm. You know, um, one headshot in GURPS and you're toast. Yep. You know, it just... Now, um, See, I like that about games. I like the potential that you can one-shot someone. Not yeah. necessarily kill them outright, no, and but like, take them out of the game and resolve the combat. Right, like Boom. like the Fantasy Flight Star Wars game is you're just going to be out. Right. Yeah. Right, or a hero, you're going to probably be knocked unconscious. Right, you're, mm-hmm. not, you're probably Champions not going to be right. dead. Right. Um, in in Savage Worlds, you, you might be dead. You might just be incapacitated, and, mm-hmm. you know, but... In Savage Worlds, if you're shaken, you might as well just lay down on the ground and curl up. Right. Because it's so hard to get unshaken. <laughs> <laughs> it's being shaken sucks. It just sucks. Because first you have to remember like, yeah. what you do. But the good thing about that is you suddenly become a less effective character as soon as you're shaken. Which means that you could get put out of your misery quickly. So you could re- still resolve the combat fast. Mm-hmm. That's one thing. Savage Worlds... Combats do not take a long time. Well, that also has the whole mook thing, right? Where you've got, like, you have your extras. Dozens of If you will. Extras, and you're right. just you're plowing through those guys. And then it's really about the other, the ace that you're trying to fight, right? You know, but, it's, it's funny. It, because that is very true. But at the same time, in 
the Deadlands game that I was running, one week they fought a master vampire and they waxed him. Mm-hmm. I mean, they just they cleaned his lunch. The next week, a mob of zombies almost killed a lot of them. But that's the nice to me. That's the nice yeah. thing about Savage Worlds is dice start exploding and oh, bennies yeah. get played, and you're like, "Holy shit, what's going to oh, happen?" Yeah. Yeah. Right? Um, they okay. Pinnacle has modified the shaken rules. Oh, have they? We don't need to go into into what okay, it is, right. but you no longer need a raise to be able to act. You oh, get a four, okay. and you can act. Right. Okay. Um, and you know you're going to get mixed reviews from people about it. It's you know whatever. Because um, I remember when I was playing it, you really don't want to be shaken because being it, once you're shaken, it just sucks. Life just sucks. I can. It can, yeah. but at, at any point, you can also spend a Benny and you're unshaken and can act on the spot. If and you that's always been the case. If you have them. Which which <laughs> you should, because Bennies should be flying up and down the table. Well, yeah. Because that's how the game works best, is when the Bennies are flying. Unless but, the GM forgets to give them out. Unless the GM <laughs> forgets <laughs> to give them out. Some GMs kind of forget that shit sometimes. <laughs> which, yeah. Well, that's the interesting thing about, well, I do like about the the white and black, like the, the the light and dark side force die, they get rolled in the... That constant in, in ebb and Star Wars flow, thing. Yeah. And so oh, yeah. When you do it, you're like, yep, yeah. I'm spending it, and it's always right there on the table. Right. Right, and so it's easier to remember and, to and, use it. And, and I'm Once, spending it, and I'm putting it in the GM's bank. Right. Right. And Or the GM's spending it. Oh, yeah, we have those things. Look, he just turned one over. We can use that right. next time. Right. right. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> There's a constant reminder back and forth. But, and but, I, I like that economy. In the game, mm-hmm. where you can can pay things, right? And th- having that pool that turns to one side and then turns to the other, moves back and forth. As a GM, you can really kind of start using those a lot, and it gets them used. And then you can sort of have things turn dark and get harder for the party. You can use them and make it worse. And then suddenly they have the fuel for a huge comeback at the end of right. the fight, right? Which and that that's something I really like. You can kind of shape. The ebb and flow of yep. the combat that way. Well, the whole really premise neat. of the way that the <clears throat> that FFG Star Wars is made is that the whole thing is about the narrative. It's not really about the 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 numbers. It's about the narrative, and that's mm-hmm. why the dice are made the way they are. Is because they're to inspire that narrative. Um, you know, we were we mentioned earlier <coughs> about you know you've got I failed, but I have nine success nine advantages. Well. <clears throat> One way you can do that is to have a really big advantage, right? You know, rather than having a, it's an okay advantage. It's a, it's you mm-hmm. know, you 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 now have a really big advantage, something that's really going to help you. So the one that, like the que- the one of the questions I got asked was like, how was it for you when you sure did not like what was coming to a gaming table near you, inevitably? And mm-hmm. I I have just left. Um. I've gotten up and walked away. <laughs> I, I, I'm like, all, yeah, okay, I like all the people here. I like, you know, I get, but I'm just, uh, this isn't my I, system or whatever, and I'm, I'm, I'm out. If it was, if it was my group, and because I see what he's saying, like we're we're in a couple different groups where we rotate what games being played or maybe mm-hmm. even who's running it, and there are going to be times where it's not going to be something that's totally my niche genre or system and i think i just i would try to find something to play uh that i could have fun with so whether it's a class or whether it's a particular character i come up with or a particular angle for being in in a part of this type of a game 
I try to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that I yeah. have a hook for myself. <clears throat> do, does it help that the games that we're running are fixed length? Because you're only going to be like well, that's what I was five, saying, six or eight this, game sessions. I, and I think that's a good point that he makes. And even though he's looking at really not enjoying this, this plus really liking to GM and being a player for a short period of time, that definitely, I think, helps the scenario. Yeah. Where you're like, well, it's going to be six, six, eight sessions, whatever, and then we're going to get to play something else that I'm probably going to enjoy more. Who knows? This guy, this guy says, yeah. okay, I have a campaign arc in mind. That's true. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Who knows how long that's going to take? He, they may be that's playing true. it for a year. And, and it, for, for me, if I was in a group that was doing that, like we're going to yeah. play for a while and change systems, if it was a system I've never played played before, I'd totally be interested in yeah. at yeah. least experiencing it. Yeah. Uh, if it was, okay, now we're going to switch to D&D next and we're going to play the 20th level. Yeah. I'm out. I'm going right. to call me when we're ready to go back. <laughs> right. Yeah. right. Well, I mean, but it seems like like uh, the group has to to be able to have that adult conversation where if they're like six games in or eight games in or whatever it is, some length of time, and it's right. like, man, this is just like, this isn't doing it. This is not blowing my skirt up. Yeah. yeah if we, like by then nobody's having fun, if, yeah. maybe abandon it. Right. If that's happening, but you've got different people who play for different reasons, and there's some people who are like, I want the cool shiny thing. Daddy, yeah. I started hurting me just when I closed her computer. Okay. I'll go talk to her in a minute. Yeah, I will. Um, I forgot what I was saying. <laughs> With the thing and the don't remember <laughs> exactly. Right, but if it's a system where you you're playing and people are like, "This is not. We're not having a good time." Right, right. This, this isn't. The, uh, no, I, I remember what I was saying. But I mean, there there are people who like the sort of carrot and stick D and D thing, and like the 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 gathering of stuff, and the if at the next level I get this this shiny thing. Or here I can get this spell or whatever. Right. And there are a lot of players who really like that, and D and D's designed to tap into that need of certain kinds of players. So you may end up with a group that plays all kinds of different games, and all of a sudden they they play D and D, and D and D is kind of like the heroin for people who who want that like a, like skill trees and things like right. that. You may not ever be able to wrest them away from it. You may lose them, yeah, and down then, the abyss of D and D. Next thing you know, they're living on the street, mainlining Gygax books. Oh my god! And keeping an accurate timeline, keeping yeah. an accurate time record, before they want to have a meaningful conversation uh, experience on the street. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm curious a, a, a how the other home. players in his group feel about it too, mm-hmm. because he yeah. seems very passionately against it. I'm yeah. wondering if everybody else is just kind of silently fuming about it too. I don't know. He says he's criticized it, but he doesn't want to criticize it too much because he doesn't want to be that guy. Yeah. So I kind of have a feeling that he probably he's maybe a lone voice. That's well, kind of yeah. what it sounds he's, like. He's he's the Savage Worlds GM. So right. this is his, he's. This could also be just like a Savage Worlds. There's guy, some you know? love. They're like. There's a lot of love. It's like a cult. <laughs> it's a cult. <laughs> <laughs> Sketchers, man. <laughs> and he compl- send complaints to Chib at uh, avjax.org. <laughs> well, and, and like he says, so how can I enjoy playing D and D again? Well, you know, just go into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully, they're starting at level one. Play a bard, right? Like, yeah, play a bard and then be a bard <laughs> everywhere, right? Um, but yeah, pick something you want to do that's 
like yeah. Gina, Gina said earlier, like it's interesting to you whether it's a class or something about a character or the setting or the mm-hmm. whatever it is, and care less about the mechanics of the system, right? And just get into playing your and, character and and do you, yeah, yeah, do do yourself. <laughs> but yeah, I get, and I talk one shot if, it, <laughs> if it's really long, the campaign, you might want to take a break, right. Or, you know... If it's going to be painful. Start another... Or throw monkey wrenches. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Which is also always good. <laughs> a Nightmare in Paradise from David. It's Thank my you, turn. Istanbul Town. Yes. Do you have to go do a thing? Do you have to go have a conversation? No. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Just checking. There were feels. Yes. All right. Hello, uh, happy jackers. Excuse me. Let me start off by saying that I've only recently found your podcast. Oh, well, I've been listening for, for only about two months now. Yay! But, yeah, but I think that you folks are mostly entertaining and Uh-oh. largely <laughs> informative. Uh-oh. Are you calling my informative fat? <laughs> he might have that backwards. But, um, are you calling me morbidly no, obese? He doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> Depending on the amount of alcohol you've had and how deep into the show I'm listening, I've put the podcast on my regular weekly rotation, and I thank you all for it. You're very welcome. Thank you for listening. I've been a gamer for a very long time. I began with the Red Box set in middle school and have played throughout. I enjoyed both playing and GMing, and I'd like to consider myself moderately competent at both. In January, I moved from the dreariness that is the Jersey Shore... (laughs) To the paradise that is Tampa, Florida. Yay. One of my first missions after moving was to check out the local gaming scene, which is much easier these days using this newfangled interweb thing. I've been trying out several games in an effort to find a couple that fit and what I'm looking for and to settle into. I just finished listening to a podcast with a nightmare story and thought that I'd briefly share one of my own. This happened just this week. (sighs) So the wounds are still fresh and bleeding. As I listened to the nightmare story on your podcast, I was physically wincing every time the poor battered bard related a tale of yet another bad GM trope. (coughs) Excuse me. It was our third meeting, and we were playing at a local gaming shop. This shop was mostly filled with board and card players in the very local and very large state college just down the street, So the room is both noisy and filled with the unmistakable musk of gamers locked into close quarters. Hot. (laughs) Gamer musk. Badass. (laughs) That's the smell. (laughs) Oh, that's kind of a pun. (laughs) The game was supposed to be a fantasy superhero setting and... We were supposed to use the first draft of a new superhero rule set of a familiar, older superhero role-playing game. This rule set, however, was woefully underdeveloped and <laughs> terribly constructed. Yay. With more charts in its 93 pages than Rollmaster. Wait a minute. So it's woefully underdeveloped and 93 pages <laughs> <Yeah>. long. <laughs> I, I can't wait to see it when they've got it all worked out and put the rest of the stuff in. Right? 93 pages of underdeveloped dreck. Nice. <laughs> oh, let's see, where was I? It also, uh, contained... it also contained no core game mechanic. In what? Savage Worlds, roll a four, and every power situation, attack, damage type, or whatever, had its own complete and needlessly complicated rule set. In other words, this game is a mess. 
We spent most of the first session and half the second session just trying to figure out what we were supposed to do. Halfway through the second session, we decided to change game systems. <laughs> and after debating Mutants and Masterminds 3, Savage World Superpowers 2, and a couple of others, we settled on Icons Assembled. It's a pretty good game system, by the way. Um, encouraged by the change in rule set, I spent the next week purchasing the book, reading it through, and making two characters, one for myself and one for my friend. We showed up a half an hour early to the game store to play. Unfortunately, the only fun to be had that night was quietly texting back and forth a count of all the bad GM tropes and mistakes our storytellers subscribed to. First, for the third time in a row, the GM was late with no notification or warning. We were to begin at 7. At 7.15, I told my friend that I intended to leave at 7.30 if the GM hadn't shown by then. 7.25 was his arrival time. As before, we were offered no apologies or explanation. Then, the GM turned to me and asked if I had read the rules through. It was a new system for us all. I told him that I did and asked him what he thought of the rules. He admitted that he hadn't read them through the whole way and wanted me to help. Now, I suppose that I'm a co-GM. I'm comfortable in that role, but it's not what I came to do. Now he starts narrating the game. There's no notes or prior preparation, so he's going off the top of his head. With some GMs, that's okay. They run their best shit with no net. But it's not a skill most GMs have. I certainly don't have it. We would find out that this GM didn't have it either. Now we left the last game at the north end of a large field. We needed to cross it as we were heading south. When we stepped into the field, an arrow would whiz by our heads. No perception checks, no chance to spot anything, just arrows from heaven whizzing by. <laughs> we pick up the story there and travel along the field to find a place to cross. As we walk, another mysterio mysterious arrow flies past our heads and kills a lycanthrope who was stalking us that we were previously unaware of. It's midday, by the way. We decided to cross the field, and we see a single large animal flying at us. It turns out to be a rock. So we prepare for combat. Behind that single rock, we were told there were three more, flying in formation. The GM tells us there's a pattern here. We deal with the first two waves without incident. We then spot five, then seven, then nine, then eleven, then thirteen, and thirteen, and... 13 and 13 rocks coming at us. We continue to handle them and are told that the field is so far across we couldn't make it without being accosted by rocks. All the while being told there's a pattern. <laughs> I just imagine they're like, oh, comes the next 13. Ding, 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 ding. Oh, dude, I'm, one more. One more group and I level. Ding, 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 ding. This is the best. After a while, you're like, ah, oh, I'm not getting more experience off these rocks. we got to go to another field and pull some more mobs. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, ba -da -ba -da -ba -da. All the while being told there's a pattern. Odd numbers ending in 13. I got it. This takes up three hours of play as my friend and I decide we aren't going to quit the field. Realizing that the GMs need to keep us from crossing was, 
was greater than his need to adjust the game to the player's needs. Now, for those who don't know, Icon's combat is very fast and abstract, so a combat encounter would last 15 minutes to an hour. It was tedious to the point of comedy. The other players finally convince us to leave the field, and we head back the way we came. I retain refrained from making a choo-choo comment about the encounter as I wanted to remain civil. Next came the encounter with the all-knowing, all-powerful god NPCs that would help conduct the train the rest of the way. Nice. They took the form of a father and a son in the woods, the son having a bow. That, incidentally, is the sum and total of the description we were given by our GM about these NPCs. <laughs> Then, our powers turned out to be completely ineffectual and a source of laughter for the NPCs. I got a text from my buddy that just said, Of course. The cherry on the night was the random D20 rolled by the GM. You know the one. Where the unprepared GM rolls a D20 out of nowhere, casts his eyes heavenward, and pretends that he's referencing some random encounter table that he is magically locked in his head. That's when the dragon showed up. <laughs> I wish One I were dragon, kidding. Three dragons. Five, Five dragons. dragons. <laughs> Thirteen dragons. Uh, uh, uh. I know, right? That's who you need. And they start to play the count. Wa- uh, wonderful yeah. dragons. It's purple. I got the text from my buddy where he told me. He'd had enough, and we both attacked the dragon without putting up any defense. True to form, our attacks didn't make a dent, and the dragon proceeded to decimate us. This combat lasted only 15 minutes and resulted in my friend and I perishing, (laughs) and the rest of the party living because the dragon flew away after that. The GM wasn't trying to kill us. He was surprised when we announced the breath weapon he threw at my friend and I killed us. Needless to say, when we were asked if we wanted to roll up new characters, we politely declined. Play the game with us, Happy Jackers. How many bad GM tropes did you find? <laughs> David Arneson Anderson Jr. See, I started to say David Arneson. I know. I was like, wow, badass. <laughs> wow. Uh, David badass. Anderson Jr. now happily residing in Plant City, Florida. Plant City. All the, all the bad tropes. Yeah, yeah. They, they were all there. <laughs> That's impressive. It's fantastic. Yeah, I, that, I, like, I, I like I like I like the random D twenty thing though. <laughs> Roll a dice, you're like, mm, let's see. Right. It, yep. Oh yeah, eleven. That's a dragon. <laughs> yeah. Right. That was the dragon. <laughs> dragon. Right. That was that was the ancient elder red dragon. Got it. <laughs> right. That is kind of amazing though. I and I think that there is a common thread in many gaming horror stories where the GM unintentionally kills one or several players because they haven't. Either I go, oh, I'm seventeen d six that that kills your character. Like, <laughs> Shit! What like, your first yeah, level and you can't take that? Yeah, what? yeah, dude, it does. Like you don't it, really. You didn't know. Oh, oh, I'm, oh I didn't. Oh, I didn't know that. You could have rolled seventeen ones and killed me. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> well, it's yeah. like in the D and D game, I kept turning up. Now, it wasn't really using the CR ratings, but I kept turning up the difficulty of the, the combats. Right. Because you guys were just walking through them. And then it, we got to like some of the later ones. You're like, oh, no, I'm down to one hit point. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although in D&D Next, it's really hard to kill characters. So you have any of those death rolls? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. And you're going to make them. Yeah, and there's a because you have more than a fifty percent chance to make right. them, and it gives people time to get to you and stabilize you and all yeah. kinds of shit. Right. Um, but yeah, just that whole I've completely unprepared because the whole people running stuff off the top of their head and running without a net is is only somewhat true. Right. right. I think for any of us that have done that, there's always something in the back of your mind you're getting to or you're shaping. Mm-hmm. Right. You just don't know exactly what route you're going to use to get there. Uh-huh. Right. I think that's right. true. I do a disturbingly large amount of game prep. Also, that when the players turn left on me, I have some idea of what's gonna what's there. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's going to happen, but I have some idea of what's there. Yeah, and and I think that's that's important because if you if you don't, then you you end up with the uh, dragon. Dragon shows up. <laughs> dragon, dragon. Right, right. And and I think the the disservice that you do to the players in that case is that they they really they really want to find a thread. When I'm playing, I want to find the thread right. and the story and what happened. And you know, there's. It's even if you're trying to when you're coming up with something off the top of your head, thinking about how does this fit, or as you're describing it and throwing it out there, that has to be in the back of your head. Like, where's this going to plug in? Where does this make right. sense? Because mm-hmm. what I desperately want to have happen is then, like a session or two or three or five or something later, some someone finds something out, something clicks, or like, oh, oh shit, it was that, that thing, thing. Right. that thing, yeah, happened there. Even if in the moment. There, that connection wasn't there, right? So we just had a dropout. It happens occasionally, not very often, Whoa. but once in a while. That was scary. It was. So are we back to recording? Yeah, we're recording. Okay. Um, <laughs> I think that a lot of times when GMs end up in that situation, either through a lack of preparation or uh, because things just went sideways on them, they, GMs always fall, you always fall back on what you know. Mm-hmm. And for most GMs, I think that's the last story they read or the last movie they saw. There, something from one of those two things is what's going to jump up in their head when that happens. So <laughs> if the last thing they happened to watch was Legend of the Seeker. Or apparently all the tropes ever. Or apparently all the tropes <laughs> ever. It's it's also, and, it, and this is the, is a, I don't know if this is a, a trick or a secret or something, but boy, when you're GMing, listen to your players because they will always give you some great idea. Oh, oh yeah, oh like, yeah. The amount of shit that happens in the Star Wars <clears throat> game because Stork opens his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> He's the secret it's code awesome. GM, right? We'll be you playing. Know, it, he's like, "Oh fuck! I bet you that was blah blah blah." It's like, "Oh god, yeah, figured it out." I'm like, "Fuck, that's genius!" You know, you know, you know <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> what I've realized when I a lot of my prep ends up being is I will. <clears throat> improvise something in the game like someone will c- come up with something and I'll think oh that's kind of an interesting idea let's go ahead and follow that down the rabbit hole and we will <clears throat> and it may not tie into anything yet but I will spend an enormous amount of time sort of noodling in my head mm-hmm. saying how am I going to eventually out of game out of game yeah. like in yeah. between sessions how am I going to reconnect this is there a way to reconnect this to the main story in a cool way? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that that's... I, I've found that to be most of my, my game prep. That's cool. Should we call the show? 
Sure. Yeah. There's a 10 year old that wants to talk to me and she has a grave look on her face. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and right. like a totally nappy hat. That's, uh, is that my hat that you stole or is that your hat? She lost your hat, dude. All this right. is her hat. I think I actually took it back. Yeah. All right. I'm gonna, let me... With how big your head is, it would be more like a sleeping bag for her, though. <laughs> <laughs> it fit. It was It was just like a she's got knit hair, cap. Hair. Yeah, she's got hair. Yeah, that's true. She's got a big head, too. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's perfect. We're of happy jacks on Thank you for joining us for Season 16, Episode 15 of Happy Jacks RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. This is Bill. This is Gina. This is Sam. And this is Jib. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next week uh, for our regular show, I think. Um, not sure. And then the week after that, the B-Team will be in. Yeah, B-Team! Resurrecting the B-Team. Sketchers, yep. man! Thank you for joining us. See you next week <laughs> you live. Like booth on you? Happy Jacks RP, happyjacks.org slash live. We leave you with a song.
Cinderella got her wish and went to her wedding bed, but Prince Charming had a very tiny love's first kiss. Is not an indication the prince in your bed will meet all your expectations. So listen, miss, if the stable boy is better, choose a man who'll make your ending happily. Seating program has been a presentation of the Angry Folk Media Empire. Bum, 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 bum.